Amen. Uh, so last week we made an announcement, we're building our church. All right, so if you missed that, yes, right, in the spring, we are pulling the trigger. It's been long enough, okay, 20 years, it's time, amen? So we're building, we're starting, and uh, uh, we'll uh, give you more information as we move forward with that, and uh, we believe God is just going to continue to bless, he already has, he already has, uh, he already has blessed us in, 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 in moving forward. So, um, clicker. Right here. So I'm going to just continue briefly here today for the time we have. And I hope I don't feel like I'm jumping around, but there's a couple of things I got this morning that is not in my slide that I want to give to you. And so this is the fourth week in our series continuing about the gray zone and the season that I believe that we are in. And uh, these next few weeks here coming up before an election. Uh, and I subtitled this, I didn't speak up. And our text has been in Romans 13, and we'll get to that in a moment. Um, <clears throat> so I believe this is a time, this is a time that as believers that we are not supposed to run and hide in the basement. Can I get an amen? amen. We are to stand up. We're not to be afraid uh, for, for, for religious liberty. And, and even in times we're seeing in some states an overreaching of government tyranny. Let me just say this, that we stand with local police officers and national police officers, those that train police officers. We love them and we bless them and we receive them. We honor them and we respect them. Can I get an amen from that? All right. They put their life on the line every single day for you and I when they put that vest on and uh, they should be paid triple for what they get paid for. All right. Uh, and so those are men and women of God and we stand with them. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of tyranny going on. There's a lot of uh, 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 pain and suffering and this just hate that, that's going on. And then there's this overreaching we're seeing in, in certain segments in our country. And I, I just read about, you maybe you know, in New York City, the Jewish synagogues that were in that certain uh, zip codes were all shut down. And they were out peacefully protesting. Fire trucks came out, extinguished it. And they weren't busting glass or anything like that. And, and new rules imposed on houses of worship and schools and essential business and all of this stuff. And how many know it's time that we as Christians to speak up for truth? Amen. Speak up for truth. You know, the truth is very hard to find outside of the Word of God. <laughs> you know, you can look, you can Google, you can think you know, and, and you can hear you can hear one segment of, of a teaching or, or, or an agenda, and it can affect how you live. Amen how you believe, how you orchestrate your life. And so our, our first and foremost go-to for truth is God's word. Yep. End of story on that one. But that's the fact. That's the fact. But it's high time to speak up also for, for freedom for the unborn. Can I get an amen? Life, you know, we have, a, there's a Supreme Court Justice, Judge Amy Coney Barrett, who's actually going for confirmation, we know from the Supreme Court. She is a Christian. And she is pro-life. I wonder if God is pro-life. Hmm, I wonder if he is. He is pro-life. And so you say, oh, pastor, you shouldn't be talking about this stuff. I should be talking about this stuff as a pastor. Amen? And we should be speaking about this. <clears throat> and so we need to pray about that. So there are those that hate, you know, and then there's those that, that agree with and and. and I'm not to be one to incite fires and, and all of that, but you know what? It's time that we peacefully stand for the truth of God's word, amen? For all lives that matter, 
Amen. All, every single life. For the unborn, all babies, <clears throat> all forms. It's, it's important that we peacefully speak up for when there is wrongdoing and injustice. Can I get an amen? That those things that are not right and should not be tolerated and, 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 and there's bad apples that are doing things that are, that are horrible. It's not right. It's Christians. But here's, here's the thing. So, all right, Pastor, what, what, who am I? I just feel like I'm just a worm. I can't do anything. First of all, that's a lie. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? But you live in America. Did you hear that? You live in the most blessed nation of the world at this point, okay? And, and, and you say, well, what can I do? You can vote this November is what you can do. Okay, you can vote. Let me just throw this out because I just think this was this ironic and just confidence uh, that I felt around, around here. We did our ballots absentee as we, we went somewhere and, and, and my wife knows my social security number more than she knows hers. <laughs> She's always filling out stuff. Come on, man, aren't you thankful for what, you know, honey, take care of it, you know? And so she just you filled it out and, and so the courthouse called. And they said, um, there's a little discrepancy in your balance. They said, well, what's the issue? It's like, you used your husband's social security number. We thought that's what it was. And so my wife worked out and changed it. They said, thank you. And I went, thank God somebody's checking. Right. Amen? Right. Somebody called in and checked. And went, that, that made me confident. I have confidence in that, that. That was all good. Anyhow, moving right along, amen? So we can, we can speak up by, by, we still have that privilege and that blessing to, to be able to, to speak up. Because you know how many know there, there could be a time and season when you won't be able to? We, we, we don't believe that for, for our nation or we believe great days are ahead. But you know, <clears throat> the Bible talks about um, uh, you know, how I remember the story about the parable of two sons in Matthew. It talks about Jesus sent the workers into the field. And I'll just paraphrase here for time. But in Matthew 21, 28, he told the f first worker, he said, I want you to go into the vineyard and I want you to work. And this is what he said. He said, no, I'm not going. I'm not doing it. But then he thought about it, and he went and he did it. And then he asked the second worker, and said, I want you to, to go in the field and work. I'm going. I'm going to do it. I, I, I'm going I'm I'm to handle it. Don't worry. I'll do it. And he didn't do it. And then the Lord asked, who obeyed? Same rhetorical question of us today. The one who went and did it. Amen? What are you trying to say, Pastor Mike? You know what? You can't just believe what people say. It's what people do. Did you hear that? What people do, especially in politics. They can say crazy things, or whatever, but what are they doing? And what are they, how, how they act? See, because there may be a time where we're not able to speak up. I'll give you just a quick illustration on this here. Uh, I don't think we have that picture on there. Maybe not. All right, Romans 13. And Martin Niemöller, in 1892... Uh, he was a prominent Protestant, uh, Protestant excuse me, pastor. He emerged as an outspoken public foe of Adolf Hitler. He spent the last seven years of Nazi rule in concentration camps despite his ardent nationalism. He was a former Hitler uh, supporter who became another leading figure of the confessing church. He summarized his change of heart in this famous poem. I just want you to listen to this and I'm going to read it briefly. It said this. They came first for the communists and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a communist. Then they came for the Jews, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Jew. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a trade unionist. Then they came for the Catholics, and I didn't speak up because I was a Protestant. Then they came for me, and by that time, no one was left to speak up. 
He was arrested by the Gestapo and spent seven years in 1937 in the concentration camp. My text is Romans 13, 1 through 7, and I'm just going to read a short part, the first beginning part. And if you have a tablet, you have your iPhone, this is the time you can use it. All right, I want you to type in because I didn't pull this up. But in Romans uh, uh, chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. I'm going to come to that in a minute, but you can pull that up on, on your uh, app or whatever you'd like. I'm going to come back to that verse here in a moment. Romans 13, 1 through 7, we said, cannot mean that God established authority, therefore they are automatically right whenever they act. We talked about that, whether it's a North Korean crazy dictator or, or even uh, someone in the United States or a governor that overreaches their power and forbids freedom of worship and for churches to worship or even synagogues and all, all religions and or even reaching into home Bible studies. You can't, you can't uh, study the word of God. How many know that something is amiss? Something is wrong. The conclusion that the Nazis took us back to in the 1930s and 40s and lots of other people have taken us throughout history is that if, that if God, now watch this, that if God allows these authorities to exist, somehow they're right. Uh, friends, that's a big fat no. And we talked about that and in light of the context of these verses. Just because, watch this, just because God allows an authority to be in place does not mean that authority is of God or is right. Now that must have uh, uh, shaken you a little bit and shaken your little bu bubble. Well, Pastor Mike, Bible says, and we've been hitting on this and talking about this, but I'm come back to this in a minute. But how many know that it was the authorities that killed Jesus? And Jesus was what? Sinless, come on, somebody, never broke the law, never did anything wrong, what, right? And they crucified him. So something was amiss there. Something was right, not right. <clears throat> Even all the apostles, uh, um, you know, albeit not sinless, but righteous men that went out were all martyred except uh, uh, the apostle uh, uh, John. And so Romans 13, we said this, that Romans 13 uh, has, has absolutely nothing to do with one's relation to the government or actually even the Roman Empire in the first century or any government today. Say, Pastor Mike, what are you saying? We have misunderstood and misapplied. We've missed the point of these verses because we have divorced them from their original content, which is the Jewish religious synagogue of authority. And we'll come to that in a moment. So the Judean context, specifically, I would say the Christians, the believers, worshiping, excuse me, worshiping in the Roman synagogue. So after the diaspora, after they left Israel and they were dispersed and they went into to, 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 to Rome, even the Jews that were there that built synagogues are in there, the Christians went in and Paul encouraged them, submit to the local authorities there in the synagogue. And see, we think that after Christ and the church spread out, everyone went and built churches and they met. And No, they were meeting in the religious synagogues. And that's what Romans, in the context Paul is talking about. And he's addressing believers in the Roman synagogues. And so that makes all the difference in the world of how we understand verses 1 through 7. Because if we read chapters 1 uh, through 12, and then we get to chapter 13, we go, what? 
He knew that Nero was in power. He knew about what was going on, how they were throwing Christians to the lions and they were impaling them and they were burning them at the stake and they were just tremendous, uh, horrific martyrdom was taking place. And he doesn't out of, it seems like out of context, he goes, oh, by the way, obey whatever Nero says and whatever he, he's not even talking about Nero. He's talking about leadership and the rule in the synagogue. How many with me say amen? And you can dig into this into the Greek, and I'm not going to bore you with all that. And so, so rarely does a reader consider it odd that these few verses suddenly, as I just mentioned, appear out of nowhere relating to the Roman Empire and taxes. And once again, Paul has spent chapter after chapter, chapters 1 through 12, focusing on, watch this, internal community issues related to the Judeans and Gentile believers. So, so why does Paul change direction, it seems, from dealing with these issues and digress to a totally off-the-wall subject about Roman rule? Well, he doesn't. He's not. He's staying consistent in who he's writing to. So once again, these verses have been twisted and out of their Judean context, and we use them to de-Judaize, if I could say it that way, the interpretation. The thing they were never meant to be. So in Romans 13, now watch this. In Romans 13, the Apostle Paul, if you get anything, what I'm going to say today, the Apostle Paul is writing to Gentile believers. He said, why are you talking about all this, Pastor Mike? Because, you know, and there's a time when Hitler came into the local churches in Germany, and he had emissaries go in there, and I've mentioned this before, and he told them, you tell the pastors in the congregations, open up to Romans 13, you must obey my authority, because the Bible says. That's what he did. And he said, and, and so... They were inoculated. Well, Hitler must be sanctioned by God. And, and, they, and, and, you know, millions of lives later, we see the effect of that. And so, so there's a time that Christians need to stand up and say, you know what, this is enough, enough. We're going to stand for religious freedom and truth and, and, and accept the consequences of that. Can I get an amen or oh me? All right. <clears throat> and so, so he's not changing direction. He's, he's, he's actually staying on track who he was writing to. So Paul is writing to Gentile believers in Rome. Watch this, to obey not the Roman secular pagan authority, and I am not advocating anarchy. No, scriptures talk uh, 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 about that. But, but in this context, in these verses, is what I'm trying to get across, to not Roman secular pagan authority, but to obey the God-ordained authority of the synagogue. Somebody shout synagogue. Those rulers that are in Rome, all right? Let me just jump to, uh, uh, turn in your Bibles or your apps, pull up to Acts 26. This is what I don't have. I don't have this uh, pulled up for you. But Paul is before King Agrippa. So this same phrase I just read, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. It's a clear reference to those in charge in the government of the synagogues, the authority um, uh, from, the, from the chief priests. It's the same direct relation in the Greek to, watch this, Acts 26, verse 10. Paul's before King Agrippa, and he says this, which thing I did, excuse me, which thing I did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did I shut up in prison. So Paul's talking about how he attacked the church. Having received authority from the chief priest, and when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. The authority, he went out and he did this to kill Christians, was not the Roman rule, but was the chief priest of the synagogue. How many see that? Say amen. Jump with me now to, to uh, I think it's uh, Luke. 
Luke, so that was uh, Acts 26, 10 through 12, having received authority from the chief priests. That's what Paul's talking about here. Luke chapter 12, verse 11. Uh, Jesus is speaking, so if you have a red edition Bible, it should be in red. And it says this, um, uh, so he goes to verse 10, whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. Uh, but unto him that blasphemes against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven. In verse 11, and when they bring you unto the synagogues and the magistrates and powers, um, <clears throat> take you no, no thought or what thing you shall answer or what thing you shall say. For the Holy Spirit shall teach you in that same hour what you ought to teach. So even Jesus talks about when they bring you, not for the Roman government, but when they bring you before the magistrates, those that are in power in the synagogue. And so we dismiss that today and we just kind of think, well, he must be talking about the government. He's talking about the power. These chief priests had tremendous power. Not like a lot of, you know, in, in today in, in religion. I mean, they were very, very powerful and had authority to actually have other people that resisted them killed. So they were the authority. So how many with me say amen? So, so <laughs> moving right along here in the, in the few minutes that we have left. One commentator uh, writes this. His name's Mark Nanos, uh, and he does. He wrote a book on the mystery of Romans. That he talks about this. Uh, it's kind of small the text, but he's commentator on Romans. And this, he said, we too quickly have early believers divorcing themselves from the synagogue, discarding Judaism and establishing something totally new. Instead, they are Judean believers and Gentile believers continually to meet and worship in the synagogues. These believers would also gather for special times in homes to eat, sing and read correspondence, but they did not abandon the worshiping with their brothers and sisters who were Judeans, at least not yet. Eventually that would come. That's the context of Romans 13. So when someone just sprouts off that, there you go, obey the government authorities. Wait a minute. Is it a hedonistic government? Are they going against, you know, the rule of the scriptures? And there's a time you need to stand up. How many with me say amen? All right? <clears throat> and I've already talked about, I'm very patriotic as, as myself, you know, spent time in, in the military, in the Marine Corps, and I, I just revere those soldiers, men and women, and those that serve. And how many with me say amen? Uh, so I'm very respectful of that, and we need to honor and give honor uh, to those that, that serve and protect us. But in this context, that's what Paul is talking about. So you can dig in that uh, and dig deeper. But... Um, <clears throat> The possibility, he goes on to say, the possibility of believers leaving the synagogue in, in Rome was, was a great concern to Paul, but that's what Jesus brought. Jesus brought an ending of, of, of the old way and, and, and laws and, and, and bringing us into the new law in Christ and new covenant. So, um, but let me just kind of conclude in this because there's some things I just want to say and just conclude here. But, <clears throat> so what do we do in this season? <laughs> And I thought, well, should I spend all this time and break down the Greek? I think you had enough. You have enough to mull over. You can dig deeper. So you know what? I'm not totally there, Pastor, but let me dig deeper. You could go do that. But let me just challenge us here this morning and these next few weeks, too, that I feel my heart want to share. What do we do in this season, this COVID, this China virus season? And, you know, when this thing hit, we, we came, uh, we were returning from Sri Lanka March 11th. I remember, it's our anniversary. And we came back with the team. And uh, thank God we made it just in time. The next day, the president shut down Europe. And, and we had a service. I don't know if you remember. It was uh, so 11th, 12th. Or it would have been March 14th. We had a service. And we gave a report. And the word was out. People was kind of wondering. And, but by that Monday, we were told, come on, somebody, millions 
right? Millions of people are gonna be, be dying. And, and so we, we shut down church and like, like most all the churches in America and then it just spread globally and, and we did church online. But what I talked about in that, if you remember any of that, was one thing, repent. I believe God was calling us to people to repent and humble ourselves. What are we doing this? And I still think that is a word for us in this moment. Can you, can you say amen? What did you mean by that? Repent means you need to make up your mind. Choose you to this day whom you're going to serve. Being this Christian like I'm a little bit in the world and I'm a little bit in the church, that day is over. Okay, that, 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 you, you, you need to make up your mind who you're going to follow. Okay, you're half-stepping, playing. You're playing with fire. You're like a spider over a fire on his little string. I mean, one flame can take you out. We don't want to be that people. I'm not going to be fear-filled, but we need to be people that are all in for God. Okay? That doesn't mean the more all in you are, the more weird you are. The more all in you are, the more like Christ you are. Can I get an amen? We know some people that are pretty weird. You think, oh, they're all in. That's not like Christ. Okay, so you cannot correlate that. Well, I know some people that are all in and they're really nut jobs. Yeah, they are. That's not the, man, that's not the attitude of Christ. The more, the more all in you are, the more Christ-like you are. The more humble you'll be. The more fruits of the Spirit. Can I get an amen on your life? And right now, the church is being tested with the fruits of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. You know, you get challenged. We got, you know, I don't know, get in trouble. What do we do in this season? <laughs> Number one, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Choose you this day, as Joshua said. Because Joshua said, as for me and my house, I'm serving the Lord. That's a made-up mind. That's not just for husbands. That's for wives. That's for you young teenagers. You, know, you can't be ha playing games. You know, all in for God. All in. And then you say, I don't know what that means, Pastor Mike. Ask the Lord. What am I supposed to do? How do you want me to be all in? Some of you young people you need to shut your phones off. You're too much social media. It is possessing you. It, I'm telling you, it's, a, it's an epidemic in how it has caused suicides with young people. It has caused anxiety. They can't sleep at night. They're tormented because of someone's likes or what's going on. If someone said something about them, forget about it. These people have an avatar of you somewhere in the, the web world. Come on, people. And they know how to pull your strings. You're being susceptible and being controlled by something other than the Holy Spirit. That was for some of the young people and some adults. Can I get an amen? <laughs> some of you still can't even text. That's okay. You're not missing anything. Pray. This is a season that you to pray. Oh, I don't know how to pray. Come to Saturday prayer here. We'll teach you how to pray. All right, it's 9 o'clock, 9 to 10. You need to be one that faithfully reads God's word in this season. I, I'm going to I'm gonna get around to it. When? You know, when I have kids? Oh, that really works great, you know? Uh, uh, I'm going to get around to it when they get out of the house, okay? You may lose all your hair and everything else by the time. We start now. A little bit. I, I only got five minutes. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Come on, somebody, because you know that five minutes ago, eight, 10, 12, you, ha, grab your coffee. If you don't like coffee, grab your tea. Go, I don't care. Hot chocolate, whatever. Read God's word. Separate yourself. Get up in the morning. If you're a noon person, if you're a, you're a midnight person, you're up, you're up 1 a.m., read God's word. 
I can't understand it. There's plenty of versions out there that you can, all right? You're getting God's word. Just start. Where do I start? From the beginning. <laughs> what a, he's like, well, there's too much. I'm just finishing up the book of Numbers. It's not all just who begat, who begat. There's a lot of truth in there, all right? There's, God will still speak to you even in that, amen? So, so this is a season to continue to give. Let me just give a shout out to this church. I am so thankful and I am not going back to passing the bucket. You know why? Because I don't think, we have been so blessed and income has increased since we stopped passing a bucket. You know why? Because I think you all decided, you know what? Wait a minute. I'm at church. I'm not going to, I got to, I got to get, I got to get my offering in. You've taken responsibility on your own. I'm leaving at that. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not bringing that back. And you give online, it's easy. Praise God. So I just want to give a shout out. Thank you. Thank you for your obedience. It's not like that in all churches. It's not like that. You know, I don't know if you know, and we applied for that uh, uh, payment thing, you know, the PP, whatever, uh, PPP or whatever you want to call this, PPE. There's all these acronyms out there now. And, and we received the money, but you know what? We said, we're blessed. We gave it back. We gave it back. And, and the, the trustees decided that. I'm like, well, I probably would have want to kept it, you know, but anyhow. <laughs> but, but we gave it back. They did it in clear conscience, amen? And I support that. I support that. I'm with them. But, but this is a season to not be stingy. That's right. Yes. Come on. Be a liberal. Be a giver in this season. Be generous. This is a season to serve. This is not a season to hide out somewhere, fearful of, your, uh, of everybody. I'm going to hit fear in a moment here. But this is a season to serve. Uh, this is a season to increase your personal worship. I'm ending here soon, so relax. Uh, increase your personal worship. Who, what are you listening to all day? Because I can guarantee you what's going through your mind at night is what you've been listening to all day. Guarantee, 100%. When I work in the basement or whatever, I'm around dust and sawing and concrete and all that. And I have worship music going on. And you know what I find out? If I wake up at 2 a.m., 2 a.m., what I do, sometimes I just go down and start reading until I fall back asleep again. But you know what's going through my mind? Worship songs. Worship. Worshiping God. Because if you got fear, you got anger, you got other voices there, those voices will torment you if they're not voices of worship. Amen? And here's a big thing. Here's another thing. What do you do in this season? How should we live, Pastor Mike? Forgive. Amen. If you've traveled much, if you've been around going out of other communities or whatever, you know, or you're just around, you're going to have ample opportunity in this season to forgive. Because there's, it's so polarized and it's easy to get irate so fast. How many of you know that when everything's good, everyone can shake hands and hug and all that and we smile and we come to church. But when people grate you the wrong way and there's a lot of that going on, you know what, it, it's easy to, to get off kilter. But God is saying, I want you to forgive. I want you to release people. How many with me say amen? Stand with me if you would please. <clears throat> this is a season that we just speak up for God's truth. Let me just say this too, and one of the things I really want to hit as I, as I conclude is we need to not embrace the spirit of fear. And so you're all here and you're troopers and uh, God bless you, but I am shocked how fearful people are. I, I am just shocked. Worship team, you come forward. How much do I say in this moment? We know all the statistics. We've had, how many know one life lost is too much? 
You need to know I, I feel that. One life lost. But you know, coming to church is a risk. Just getting in your car. Getting up out of your bed. Climbing a ladder is a risk. There are risks in life, okay, that happen. And, and thousands of people die each year, God forbid, but they, they do, sadly, from little things, just living their life. Friends, you got to live your life. you got to live your life for God because you don't know the time, the day, or the hour, or the season. You do not know. But you got to live your life for God. I don't want to be in this season missing it. That's why we're building a church in this season. <laughs> people think, you're crazy, you're nuts. We're building it in the season where people are afraid, people are scared, they're hunkered down, people are hiding out in the mountains, you know, people are having other people, you know, just horrified, fearful. Can't even see grandparents, can't even, I'm not saying we shouldn't be safe, those that are susceptible to, 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 to these, these, this ailment. Amen? But see, COVID has become bigger than God for many people. Is God bigger than COVID? Listen, I know pastors in this community, I know people that get COVID and people, oh my God, oh my God. We'll see you in a week. You'll be fine. 99.789% of you will be fine. Come on, how many have ever had the flu? I, I just, I don't know why, but I feel the vent. How many have had the flu? I've had the flu where it's like, my body aches. Come on. And I don't want to see anybody. My wife brings me stuff. I don't want no food or whatever. Then you come out of it. It's like, ah, yeah, this is a, this is a serious disease. So those who are immune compromised, have comorbidities, they have other issues. But you know what? If you're overall healthy and good, you will come through fine. We shut the whole world down. I know I'm speaking to the choir here, but for mostly. But, but you know, my point is this. This is a season not to embrace a spirit of fear. Well, Pastor, you know, I do. I am dialed in. I listen. I hear the sides. And, and see, here, ha fear has trumped many of Christians' witness. God has not given me a spirit of fear. <coughs> he coughed. Come on, people. Listen, when the plague hit in 1919, you had 50 million people dying, okay? You know where the Christians were? They were right there in the middle of it. Some Christians died serving others in that pandemic. Why? Because you see, watch this, watch this. Revelation says this. I'm going to end. I'll shut up. All right. But Revelation says this, says this. They overcame, right, by the blood of the Lamb. Thank God for Christ. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Amen? Well, what's the rest of the verse saying? And they loved not their lives unto death. Heavy head bowed, please. Fear has trumped many a Christian's witness. We are not going to be that people. So, well, I know somebody's got COVID or whatever. Hey, we're praying for you. We're going to stand with you. You know what? You need anything. We're going to make, make sure you're fine and take care of you. God bless you. We're going to help you along the way. But we are not going to go in major, crazy panic mode. I thank God for health that he's given us as a church. And we're not deliberately trying to be reckless in anything. But I am not going to allow a spirit of fear to control us as we move forward in the things of God. We will minister to those. We will love on those. We will be a, a healing bomb to those. But you know what? Suicide is up. Sexual abuse is up. 
alcoholism up. People need, need church. They need God more than ever. We need to be ones that are standing in the forefront saying we are here to serve and bring a true and living God to a dying, sick, fear-filled world. Can I get an amen? You're here this morning as a pastor. I have allowed a spirit of fear to possess me. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm just going to pray for you right where you're at. Because fear, fear has torment, the Bible says. But the Bible says, perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. When you know and you trust, you say, Lord, my life is in your hands. My life is in your hands. You will not operate under a spirit of fear. You say, Pastor, it's me. And I really haven't been following the Lord. And I've, I've backslid away from God and not right with God. My brothers, my sisters, this is a great day to you to get right with God. So what do I need to do? Repent. What does that mean? It means change your mind. It's to ask Christ to forgive you, to come into your life, to cleanse you of your sin, which he said he will, and he'll give you new life, and you can begin a walk with God in faith, in hope, in expectation. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I, that's me. I need to get right. I'd like to pray for all of us corporately here. And I'm going to pray against the spirit of fear, but pray for us corporately. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Jesus, thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. I want to invite the altar workers to come forward at this time and just stay still for a moment. We have a few minutes. There's information up on the screen to help you along your faith journey and walk, and we're here for you. But this, this thing about this spirit of fear has possessed, has gripped. You know, I, I, it's a shame. It's just a shame that there are Christians, been Christians for decades, that are terrified. They're more, they're more fearful of COVID and then, then even getting treatment than cancer and other things that they, they need in their life. To, they're just horrified. And I, I'm just going to come against that spirit of fear over this congregation, over your life, if you can receive it. Come on, just lift your hands if you would here this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, right now, I don't come in my own strength, but I come in the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we come against a spirit of fear that has gripped the people of God. And Lord, we just come against you, spirit of fear of COVID, and, 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 and that has terrorized people, that has crippled people, crippled believers in Jesus' name. Greater is he that is in us. Lord, we will serve you. We will love you. We will serve and love others. And Lord God, we thank you for strengthening us. Even now, we receive the spirit of confidence. We receive the spirit of faith here today. We receive the spirit of expectation. And Lord, even if one person is, or a number of people are diagnosed, Lord, we'll not be afraid because greater is he that is in us than he of, of COVID. And I just thank you, Father, now for a spirit that overcomes, not a fear-filled spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, I speak this over the people of God, all those that are listening online or listening by television in Jesus mighty name and everyone says amen amen give the Lord a praise worship clap offering amen he's worthy